Hello and welcome to this short but crucial episode of Inside the Mind of Champions. I hope you're well. Sorry I missed last week. I've been flat out delivering a surge of keynotes and senior leadership events for our clients. So I had to preserve my energy and my voice, as you can hear, is a bit croaky for those. And that's relevant for today because as we enter April, which is Stress Awareness Month, we need a quick audit to see where our own mindset is. Simply put, stress is a killer, but there is still a surprising reluctance to acknowledge it and confront its root causes. It creeps up on us, and before we know it, our relentless focus and our well-intentioned efforts have resulted in something harmful to our minds, our bodies, and our relationships. From a performance perspective, stress is great in the short term. It prepares our body for peak performance. We need those nerves before a race, a speech, or our solo in the orchestra That's all great, but this acute phase of preparation and performance should be followed by the stress subsiding as we return back to our normal resting state. And we probably feel quite fatigued from that intense period of being engaged in that physical and emotional challenge. This waxing and waning of our stress and excitement is normal and very necessary. We need our blood to redirect from our digestive system where it's doing slow work to our major muscles to run fast. And that's why we get those butterflies in our stomach. We need our vision and motivation to sharpen around the the focus of the here and now. And all of those things are relevant. But the challenge for us is that when the pressure doesn't go away, so it's not a race, it's not a speech that we're about to deliver. Our ancient history as hunter-gatherers primed us for short-term survival against a deadly predator. These moments would have come around very rarely, but we needed our fight-and-flight response to create a rapid alert, an accelerator to help us to outrun the tiger or climb the tree. But in the modern world, the tiger is ever-present. It's the uncertainty about our career, the expectations of our new boss, the judgment on social media, and we can't throw a stone to scare away our critics. This modern world isn't a threat to our lives. It's a threat to our self-esteem and our professional pride, and that doesn't go away quickly. So it's the chronic nature rather than the acute nature of the stress which becomes a real problem. And the challenge is that we all have a different interpretation of the situation that's in front of us. To some, the chance to speak at a conference is an exciting opportunity. To others, it's more terrifying than jumping out of a plane and going skydiving. And that escalates from a challenge to an uncontrollable threat of being judged and mocked by our peers. Speaking on stage isn't the issue. Our words would come out just fine if there was no one around and we were just chatting to somebody right next to the lectern. The saber-toothed tiger is the judgment of others. And that's something that we catastrophize and emotionalize in our mind till it gets out of all proportion. And then on the other side of the stress equation, we have our perception, not of the challenge this time, but of whether we can cope. This is our internal coping resource. To some, this is just another test where they feel prepared to deal with it. Whereas to others, this is like they've never spoken before. 
They've never seen a crowd and the whole thing just sounds completely impossible and out of their ability to cope. So in the short term, this very simple equation says that when the demands of the challenge outstrip our perceived coping resources, we panic, we choke, we make rash decisions in the short term. Our brain wants us to go back to safety. That's what we were built for 50,000 years ago. We don't need this constant stress whirring around us. We were long, you know, long periods of calm as hunter-gatherers. And then very occasionally this saber-toothed tiger would pop up and we'd have to, you know, shoo it off or outrun it. But those were fleeting moments. So in this public speaking example, our brain wants us to go back to safety as fast as we can. So we rush our first line. We trip over our first pass in football or we clumsily press send on that rude email to our boss. These are not good responses. These are the choking responses of short term panic. Alternatively, when we keep the challenge in perspective and rationally review our strengths and past experiences, then things seem much more in balance and we can cope. We're still nervous about the challenge ahead of us but we trust our preparation and skills and we slowly progress through calmly to deliver our game plan. And yes, our heart flutters and we have a few missteps and a few slurs and missed words, but we get through it just fine. Now, if we extend that model, that seesaw, if you like, of perceived coping skills on one side and the perceived challenge on the other, if we extend that into the long term, We need to imagine a situation where the environment socially, professionally is outstripping our coping resources for months and you just can't cope with the scale of the challenge. These are even more worrying signs for our mind and body, where in the short term we saw rash decisions and choking. In the long term, we see blinkered stubbornness and burnout. Our mind is on red alert because the tiger is actually sitting next to us in the office. Our brain catastrophizes scenarios where we'll be judged and humiliated and dismembered. Well, that's to keep the tiger analogy. Hopefully that's not a real corporate concern. Being on red alert means that we need loads of fuel to keep replacing the adrenaline and the cortisol. And that's incredibly energy hungry. So we have to fuel it. We crave sugary food to fuel that fight and flight. We struggle to sleep because our mind is occupied by where that threat, where that tiger is. And we snap at anyone who dares interrupt us from that negative spiral. So there are two options as the stress begins to rise. We either go more internal, we withdraw from others and try and go it alone, or we open up. We call in the cavalry and get a different perspective from somebody who can see from their angle, actually, that there's a more positive outcome or that the tiger is really a small ginger cat with no claws. So this is something that we all face as the pressure rises. Do we become stubborn or do we choose different options, adapt and become resilient? They are very different. Somebody who knows the difference firsthand is Anna Hemmings, MBE who has a remarkable story. Anna's Britain's most successful female marathon kayaker with a staggering 11 World and European Championship medals, nine of them gold. By the age of 24, Anna had been world champion three times and competed at the Olympic Games. At the peak of her career, Anna was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, 
which is a form of burnout which persists even after the stressor is removed from our working environment. Anna was completely debilitated and was told by medical experts that she might never race again, which must have been absolutely devastating for someone who prided themselves in their physical endurance. Anna had to change her approach. She couldn't be relentless anymore in training, the first to arrive and the last to leave. She had to preserve her most precious gift, her energy and her health. She phased in her return and learnt new training habits and made a full recovery, thankfully, and then went on to win a further three world titles and compete in her second Olympic Games in Beijing. Anna's now a leading speaker and consultant in the area of well-being, so I'll add her website link to the show notes. I brought Anna in to one of our corporate programmes with a major bank a few years back, and she was very kind to give me an interview with her experiences for our members club. Her full interview is amazing, but this specific insight captures the essence of the distinction between the choice that we need to make between being stubborn and being resilient. A big part of resilience is about having the energy to, to deliver whatever that is, your performance day in, day out at your best. Um, being strong in the face of adversity, being um, well equipped mentally, emotionally, physically in the face of life's challenges, whereas being stubborn is just ignoring um, the signs, ignoring the warning signs really, you know, of what's going on around me and I'm starting to get tired or I'm starting to get stressed or I'm starting to get tetchy with other people, you know, what are all those little warning signs and I'm just ignoring them because I'm being stubborn and I'm being focused. Um, there's a big difference. I think that being aware of what some of the warning signs might be for you in the first place, because they're not necessarily indications that you've gone too far, but they're early warning signs, alarm bells, and we have to listen to the alarm bells. Um, so I think that's, that's a big thing. And also recognising that what are the consequences of not listening. Um, and I think that's a big motivation because I know now that if I don't listen to those warning signs, I know where I could end up and I don't want to go there again. Um, so I think for a lot of people, recognising that what could happen if you don't, um, don't listen. So that's really clear. We need to listen and be aware of the warning signs that might be screaming at us. And we definitely need to take action. Anna didn't do that and she was fortunate to recover. I'm creating this episode now because it's Stress Awareness Month in April and for one person listening to this, the timing could be crucial. Maybe you've had a big project to complete, a series of bad setbacks or bereavements, or you're trying to keep your business going against brutal and relentless headwinds. Your instincts might be to keep digging in and stubbornly ploughing forward, but hearing Anna's message might just make you consider the other option being resilient. Those warning signs could take many forms. They could be psychological with low confidence, the inability to focus through brain fog, catastrophizing and that negative voice being louder than ever and a persistent low mood. Physical warning signs might be headaches, tight shoulders and chest, a racing heart and feeling like you've got no energy whatsoever. The emotional warning signs could be that you're always simmering on the edge of breaking down in tears, feeling isolated or feeling defeated. And the social signs of stress could be 
that you're starting to withdraw or snap and be irritable or you're using alcohol and drugs to cope. All of these seem okay in the short term, but they can easily become a habit and create a long-term cost if left unchallenged. The first step back to resilience could be starting a new daily routine, setting a time to get up and get a shower. It seems simple, but just that simple act could kickstart your day. Getting some fresh air and some exercise, reconnecting with friends or family members who can change the dynamic and break the cycle for you. Each of these choices will seem massive at first, but they have an incredible domino effect that one healthy choice can definitely lead to the next. One of the reasons we've seen a rise in mental health during the pandemic is that lack of variety in our routines and that lack of social contact. I really hope that if you're listening to this and you're feeling trapped in a blur and a relentless routine, that it gives you a new reference point. Just like Anna, sometimes we need to get to rock bottom before we can start to change things. So let's make a pact as the listeners in our community to forget leaving a review. That's become the white noise on podcasts anyway. Let's do something different this week. Let's help somebody in our network and all make a commitment to doing that. Maybe it's a call, maybe it's a text or a surprise visit we give them and that might save them from this relentless spiral that they're in. Maybe it'll break that stubborn routine and reframe their perspective on a challenge because we can reinforce their personal strengths, their coping mechanisms and their experiences and empower them to make a change in their own lives. Or maybe it's just creating a more rational view of the challenge ahead. This isn't the end of the world. It's just a challenge that can be broken down into smaller, more manageable chunks for them. We can do that for them, yet they can't do that for themselves. I've seen it so many times that when we make tiny, healthy choices and build discipline and habit around them, we can absolutely transform our lives. Sometimes it's only when we feel better that we realise how bad we felt just a few weeks or months ago. So as you approach Stress Awareness Month this April, let's help one person each. That's not too much. One person each that listened to this podcast. We're all going to make that commitment and it will make an absolutely massive difference to the community beyond our listeners. As ever, if I can help you, then don't wait. Just drop me an email through to hello at sportingedge.com and I'm there. I genuinely would love to help because this is an area that I'm really passionate about. Thanks for listening and let's make sure we reach out to help one person after listening to this podcast. Have a good week.